thrust, response is engine 5, engine 3, engine 1, ladder 3, ladder 2, rescue 1. We've got smoke showing. Division 1, you're on location, block 23, reporting smoke showing 727. Job Talks podcast members do not represent the cities and towns they work for in their views and opinions. They are views and opinions that belong to us only. We are not here trying to be the experts or tell people how to do their job. Our goal with the show is simply to facilitate knowledge sharing. All right. Thanks for joining us again here on uh, Job Talks podcast. We're up to episode number 16. Crazy. I can't believe it. That's four months, right? It's gone by real fast. Very fast. Uh, it's been it, fun. It has been fun. It's been a great time. Uh, I feel like I've learned a lot just like researching for the episode, so yep. it's been really good. But mm-hmm. if you haven't already, please like and follow us on social media, at uh, Job Talks, J-O-B-T-L-K-S. Um, you can also find us on all your favorite streaming platforms. And obviously, if you're watching us here on YouTube, please, 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 whether it's on the streaming platforms or on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. Um, helps us a lot guys helps us a lot check out our pages for info on our merchandise which is uh, uh, helps us fund this endeavor and uh, just please stay engaged with us we're going to take a real quick moment of silence Uh, again we pre-record these episodes and they often air several weeks after we recorded them Um, so this is a little bit delayed but um, this past week Joshua Haynes from Lynn County Fire in Kansas uh, was killed after he sustained injuries fighting a fire at a medical office on June 20th. Uh, 35 years old, and he leaves behind three children. So let's just take a moment of silence. All right, so today's episode is on self-rescue and bailout. And um, I like this topic because uh, not... I would say most people don't have actual true experience on this, right? I, I would hope that most people don't have actual true experience. So it's it's really hard to find somebody who's experienced in self-rescue and bailout as far as like actually having to do it in a fire, which is a good thing. But because we don't have that experience, I think it's something important to talk about. Uh, so I'm going to start us off with just a little bit of a video clip here. Let me just find our correct spot. This is obviously somebody that filmed with their uh, their own camera. I was going to say, it smokes really. Yeah, so you can see that obviously they were the firefighters in the house. Thick black, turbulent, turbulent, high velocity smoke, which means that the fire is probably pretty close by, right? So they pull this guy out two minutes and 45 seconds into the video. Well, so flash. about 10 about 10 seconds 10 to 15 seconds out after this guy bails out of the window the the room flashes um, and so obviously this guy did a, a good job recognizing that conditions were changing rapidly uh, and then about another 10 to 15 seconds you can start seeing the tips of the smoke on the, that uh, other window start going so 
So you're talking about 30 seconds and that, that fire is engulfed the whole Bravo side of this building, right? Um, so an important part of self-rescue is actually preventing the situation. Uh, so kudos to this guy who obviously recognized that the situation was deteriorating rapidly, found a window and got himself out. If you're not familiar, um, there was a study out there called Project Mayday. They analyzed over 3,000 audio recordings from fire, uh, like fire audio. So some were from dash cams, helmet cams, some were just like dispatch audio. Um, they found that there were 16 transmissions that had a high chance of indicating a mayday uh, or that a mayday was following. And, and actually, I, I saw this uh, recently. Our department actually put out... Um, some literature on this, uh, which was interesting. So I'm just going to show you these phrases. So one or more of these phrases were transmitted 88% of the time a mayday occurred on the fire ground in their recordings, right? So some of the some of the phrases that preceded maydays were zero visibility conditions. We have fire above our heads. We have fire below us. Uh, we need more line to reach the fire or extend our line. We have not found the seat of the fire. We're running out of air. Um, or hearing a low air alarm. This is a hoarder structure. We've had a flashover. Had a ceiling or roof collapse. We've lost multiple windows. It's getting really hot. We're backing out. Our exit's been blocked. We're sending someone out with a problem. We have a hole in the floor or the floor has collapsed. Uh, and command has lost communication with crews. And we have a lot of sprinkler heads going off in here. So just listening to those phrases, you can tell that Pretty much it, all these phrases that are being uttered means that there's something's like... Something's gone yeah, wrong. Yeah, something's yeah. gone wrong. Like, it's really hot. Windows are going off. Uh, multiple sprinkler heads are going off, so sprinklers aren't containing a fire. Um, you know, we can't get to it. We can't find the seat. Um, you know, they often say, like, fire showing when you get there is a good sign because you know where it is, right? Um, so going in these deep, dark buildings and then and not being able to find the seat and then finding out it's on all sides of you. So... Uh, 93% of rescues are made by somebody already in the structure. So that obviously includes the, a self rescue. Um, and this is a staggering, uh, statistic, but 54% of mayday calls are missed by command. The first time they're issued, oftentimes they're picked up by somebody else on the fire ground or by like dispatch, things like that. So just knowing this, you know, that you have to be prepared to like try to rescue yourself. Right. Um, so just like a, a quick open discussion is like what what does it mean to, to what does self-rescue mean for you guys and like what does it mean to be prepared to self-rescue? I think it's a broad a broad term uh, but just like realizing either conditions are becoming untenable and you don't have an avenue of regress that's like readily available or like to me it's like predicting like there's a high probability of a negative outcome. Uh, that's going to risk myself for the safety of my crew or the safety of the victims we're trying to extricate. Um, and I don't have full control over my circumstances to where, like, I know, like, things are not going in the direction that I need to. Like, I've, I've never had to call a mayday, um, so I can't really speak intelligently on this, but I think I'd like to think, that, like, you know, there's probably, like, some degree of, like, stigma, like, oh, I don't want to be the guy to call a mayday, but, like, it's better than to be the guy that didn't call one and should have. Yeah, I think that's like something that the fire service is acti actively uh, trying to fight against is that stigma of calling a mayday. And I mean, 
listen, you know, like we get razzed back at the station by guys for different things. And like, that's part of our, our culture and, and whatever. But, um, it can't be to the point where people are afraid to call Mayday when they get in a bad situation. Right. Like, yeah. I, I try to, um, view things through the lens of like, how am I optimizing my survivability? So like things like a bailout kit, like <coughs> I like, and not everyone agrees with this, like, cause I'm on an engine company, but I still will try and carry Halligan anytime I can. And I'll tuck it in my waistband. Um, there's a lot of people that disagree with that. They're like, you're never going to be off the line. That's just going to like inhibit your ability to like be efficient and effectively move that line into place. Like, why do you really need one? You're never going to be, you know what I mean? But like, I mean, you look at like Boston, for example, when they, the back bay fire, like they're, they were calling for water. The line got burned through. They didn't, you know, couldn't find an avenue egress. I mean, there's a lot of circumstances there, but like I never want to be in a position where I like don't have the resources or the means to hopefully affect my own rescue. Right. So like if I get trapped, a line gets burned through conditions rapidly change and I can't go back the way the line is like, what am I supposed to, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? Like punch through drywall with my bare hands. I mean, yeah. maybe, <coughs> I mean, you, you are, you know, I mean, but do. like, yeah, but like, you know what I mean? It doesn't inhibit my ability that much. My, I guess what I'm trying to say, like my survivalistic mindset of like, I'm trying to do everything I can to optimize like my potential for surviving like a really fucked up incident. So like whether that's like trying to stay in shape to like the best of my ability, no one's perfect. Right. But like, I'm trying to like maximize my survivability, whether that's through like the addition of tools, like my bailout kit, carrying a tool, even though I don't have to, or like being in shape. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously being in shape is a big one because if you're, uh, if you're in anything that you're doing, if you're in shape, then you can think because you're not thinking about how bad this sucks right now and how you can't breathe. And I mean, I can equate it to, I mean, imagine like your first football game of the year if you never ran doubles all summer, right? Just any anything like that. So for me, that's kind of always a priority is making sure that I can move. But, um, you know, that's, that's like, that's like basic stuff. It's funny that you bring up always having a tool on you, especially, you know, when you're going in on a line or something like that, because when we went through Academy, you, you, you would only be caught dead without a tool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, and you better know where that thing is at all time and be touching it. And so now, now we just, everybody goes back to the departments and now, now we just, you know, you, you're on the line. That's it. Yeah. But then you do, um, you know, you start working with the door props and you're doing some, um, forcible entry stuff and it's like, it gets brought up. Well, what if you get in there and there's another door for you to force and it's not a, you know, shitty door that you can just hip open. Right. Right. Well, it's like, yeah. And, and what if you need to get out too? So, um, it's, it is crazy that, you know, we're not carrying tools. I can put my ads right in my waistband. Things light as hell. It's not as heavy as a Halligan. I love it. So I'll, I'll continue, uh, continue to do something like that. But, um, yeah, we do mayday drills at, at work. Uh, I don't know if we did one last year, but you know, we typically have a building or something that we can smoke up and we can just go through the motions. We have our tack, our second tack channel that we can jump on and we can communicate with each other and, and, and go through it. And uh, it's something that needs to be done every year. 
if not twice a year, just going over Mayday drills. It gets guys more comfortable with actually calling for a Mayday if they have to. I I understand that there's probably a stigma a stigma around it, but um, you know, it, in in my experience um, with anything that I've ever done. There's usually like three, it's like three things or a few events that lead to the bad one, right? It's like, you know, whatever, whatever, however it started, it didn't start out right. And then when you got in, something else happened. It's always a series of events. It's it's rarely like a, I mean, sometimes it is, sometimes sometimes it's uh, just something goes wrong, like a a collapse happens that you weren't expecting, but usually it's like, and, and that's with any big right. problem it's almost always a series right. of events that right. started one way that led to yeah you know a few different things going yeah. bad we've seen that on a smaller scale yeah fortunately yeah. with no negative outcome yeah. the other I, the other point that i want to make real quick is that you know i think it's awesome that we have some fire departments out there that are so heavily staffed and have so much you know apparatus charging towards a fire that you know we can send a lot of guys very quickly with a lot of effort and get things done very quick. One of the viewpoints that, that we have, um, you know, we get like a little too focused on the mission. Like we must put out this fire and save this, what the structure and this and that. Yeah. Because it's like life, life, uh, protection and, and preservation of people's property. Right. But at the end of the day, and I don't want to say insurance can just replace this and that because it can, it can't replace all the valuables in your homes. You know what I mean? You know, we talked about some of our favorite things that we have in our lives, like the hand-me-downs or yep. things that we've acquired or collected in life. And for all those things to go up in smoke would be terrible. But at the end of the day, um, if there's no life safety involved, you know, we, we all have to have, we can't be so focused on the mission that that we don't we don't have the, the, the big global understanding of it's okay if this thing burns to the ground in a sense. Yeah, because it's not it's not worth one life, especially not one of ours. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, we all know, um, and we talk about it all the time. Um, we're gonna list, we're gonna risk a lot to save a lot, and so we have to remember that we're not gonna risk anything for nothing. Save savable lives. Yeah, that's yeah. it. So, I mean, I I think we're all at least uh, I speak for myself, but I think I think we're all fans of being good, aggressive interior firefighters. But yeah. that that doesn't mean being stupid right i think that means being smart and and understanding and like again like just that that clip of that video is understanding when something is not right and going wrong and understanding when when the time to like pull back is i don't know if i would have known that well that's the so that's what like going back to you saying you don't know what you don't know right that's why like having a good senior man that's like been there and done that like i think it i think I can classify myself as like being like a proficient firefighter at most things, but I don't know what I don't know. I haven't been to nearly as many fires as like some of the, like the guys on our job that like have like just that wisdom of being there and doing that. Yeah. And like having that like senior man, like I, there's some fucking awesome senior men in my house right now. Guys have been in the job for like over 30 years mm-hmm. that have like been in, probably like dozens of like bad situations but yeah. like would that could grab me in a fire and be like hey 
like time to leave because of this that would have never even entered my consciousness because i've never experienced is that recognition prime decision making yeah and i think like you know that's what we talked about like with training is being as realistic as possible because and i i I always point this one out again because it was just like a big eye-opener for me is doing a live burn training and like hearing fire above your head the first time and you're like oh yeah that's what that sounds like and would i have recognized that if I had never heard that before and I was in a building and heard that, I don't know. Um, one thing that was interesting about that video though, is he was the only one that came out of that window. Now yeah. I don't know if somebody else went out of a front door or, yeah. or whether he was searching by himself or what was going on, but he was the only one that came out of that window. And as far as I read about it, there was nobody that was right. hurt or anything. And my guess is with how fast that flashes, it probably just got oppressively hot and you probably realize like time to go, time to go. And, yeah. and one of the things that's like, like put you in a situation to 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 potentially have to self-rescue or bail out like that is working above or or opposite of a fire without a hose line so if you're doing things like search and rescue or you're trying to find the seat of the fire Mm -hmm. on a fire that's not showing when you when you arrive like those are the things that kind of put you I would say like a higher risk category, right? Like, like you say, the, the fire is a hazard we talked about in like our, our, our last episode, but it's fire is a hazard, hazard, but like, yeah, sharks are a hazard. But once you're in that building, especially if you're like without line, like now that's a risk mm-hmm. that you're Dude, taking what's and scary? You have, it has to be calculated. percent. What's scary about that video is like how, how rapidly conditions deteriorate now. And like I was watching that and thinking like so he w- he was out and then what fifteen in less than fifteen seconds that room was fully involved yeah that's not like it's a good thing it was on the first floor so not the second or third. so they say when a room flashes you have I think I want to I don't want to quote it but I'm pretty sure you have about five to seven seconds our gear will sustain a flash or not without injury um, the odds of you getting out without serious injury are almost slim to none but um, to get out escape with your life you have about five to seven seconds a fully loaded firefighter that is 10 feet on average that you can move in that time right 10 feet now if you ask me to move in 10 seconds i could probably be out of this we're on a second floor right now i could probably be out of this building in 10 seconds but dark loaded down you got about 10 feet so if you're 10 if you're more than 10 10 feet away from a window or a door you're you're not in a a good situation and so i think like again a lot of that comes down to like like paying attention in a fire and, and we talked about this before too is like as you get more fires and you're in more buildings and under more conditions at least for me i've noticed that i i'm able to pay attention to more things because i i don't have that like like they say like you don't want to be like super adrenaline like like to where you can't focus, but you want to be just like at a, at a level that you can, that you can perform. And I feel like the more fires you go into, the more that you can get to that level without like going beyond it. And the more you pay attention when you're in the building, like, okay, I, I felt there was a window here. There, this was happening here. This was happening here. And, and unfortunately I think that a lot of that really only comes with. Yeah. With no. And I think that's something cause it, it gives you perspective, right? So like for me, like I can maximize my survivability by having tools, by having my bailout kit and being in good physical condition. But the integral part that I don't have is like a broad depth of experience, right? right? So I can only take it so far. Like the experience portion is is irreplaceable. Right. And but I, like the thing with that video that I was thinking like while the video was going on is like you don't even have to you don't have time to use a bailout kit. No, that one? Yeah. No, no. you don't have time. And no. like if he was on the third floor, like 
that's at least career ending. Why do you think he doesn't have time for Bill Kit there? <sighs> like unless you're like to me, like unless you're really proficient. I, I quantify myself in the room pretty proficient with my bail kit. I have an entire pocket dedicated to it and I'm like very O C D with the setup, so if I can put my hand in there in zero zero visibility conditions, like I know where everything is. But like if I could get that hook over the lip in time in zero visibility or a radiator or like some immovable object that's stable enough for me to just go in under 10 seconds. Don't, don't you know. typically just use, I mean, some of the videos I've seen, I don't have a bail kit yeah. and I'm not too familiar with it. I've just watched some videos where they literally just hook it on the like outside trim of the, the window. Yeah, they're, they're designed to be. So yeah. I think that you could use a bailout kit that quickly if you recognize that. If you're set up right together, because I I think that you like for me, the way I have, so this is also a big part of it is coming down to training, right? Which we'll talk about, but like, I think that you could at least get, and there's another video where a guy talks about it, doing this training, getting the best part of you out of the window. So getting your torso up out of the window. Um, If you have the hook in the right place and you can literally just grab it, mash it in the corner and go out. If you have a bailout kit that is an automatic lock, like most of them are now, you can literally just basically jump out of the window yeah. and, and it'll lock. I mean, I would try that knowing, especially if I was on the third floor, I was going to go down anyway. I'd at least try to just get the hook in there like with my left hand and go over the sill and hopefully yeah. it would hold, you know. Because that's it. I mean, you're basically just jamming it in, holding it as you're going out the window so until you get all your weight on it so it actually grabs, right? That's yeah. the idea behind it. But but the the other part of that is if you don't train on it, yeah, yeah you fall back on your level of training. You fall back on your level like, of training. And the the one of the other things I was going to say is talking about tools and what you carry and, and this and that is you can't carry everything for every scenario, right? So, again, going back to your episode last week is you have to think about what your most likely scenarios would be that you would need to affect self-rescue and carry the things that are most likely to be used because you can't, you just can't carry everything. Right. Mm. My, my first apartment, you did not go in without a set of irons on the line. And then coming to Cambridge, that was totally different because you know, in Cambridge you have very specific jobs. And, um, I, I would say that I'm definitely guilty of going in on the line without tools, but it, it's a smart thing to do to have a tool and just tuck it in your SCBA strap. Like you said, as long as it's not hampering your mm. ability to like, because ultimately the, the, the number one priority is putting the fire out, right? So as long as it's not hampering your ability to do that, you should just well, yeah, and my nothing wrong with My philosophy it. has definitely evolved over time. There's definitely been fires and fires that I've been with you on where I've brought tools that have hampered my ability and then realizing that and making adjustments yeah. afterwards and yeah. then being like, oh, like, let me try tucking this. Can I move and can I, like, compose? Mm-hmm. Which is also why, like, interior firefighting just... Uh, an offshoot here is why I'm a fan of engine three quarter yeah. because you can it's so maneuverable, it's so much more maneuverable. And if you're trying to carry a tool and do those other things too, you never to know. me, John, to like to answer your question, like I think it can be done, but like in my mind, I'm thinking like of the totality of the circumstance, like, am I going to be able to recognize this is bad, find a window and get my shit and myself out the window in under 10 seconds. Like I think in training you can do that because you're anticipating that I'm about to do this. Because you know where the window is. Because you know it. But I think yeah. of myself, I'm like, like, been in fires, but I've yeah. never been in one that's like, completely, yeah. like, immediately the bank down, conditions are rapidly deteriorating, where I need to, one, have the confidence to make the decision. Bad situation, need to fucking leave now. Right. Find window, put said self out window in under 10 seconds. Like, yeah. I'd yeah. like to think I could do that, Yeah. but I don't know. 
So I think again, like the big thing is recognizing, like yeah. I need, to, I need to leave now while I still have time to get mm-hmm. out. Versus, yeah. oh shit, I need to be out of that window. I just hope that there's a rhododendron bush underneath every yeah. window. That I'm <laughs> I don't like, know. I have a big rhododendron in my house, and that thing is spiky. Because yeah. in my well, head, when you have all your gear on, it's a nice pillow yeah, when they, you fall. Oh, that's right. You fell yeah. into one, right? Yeah. <laughs> I have the vision versus reality. Yeah. Right. Right. In my head, it's me and Will. And I realized that conditions are rapidly deteriorating. Well, and I, and I, I was wrap, like, fuck, we'll go and, and I wrap one end of my bailout kit. I'm like, you go, I'll be right behind you. And then like lower him down and yeah. then fucking save myself. But in reality, I literally bought I a bailout kit yeah. just so Barry could never have yeah. to save my life. What I would do, right, is I'd be like, Will, hold this. Yeah. <laughs> See you later, <laughs> sucker. Yeah. Wait, are you saying I'm big enough to be an immovable anchor? We'll just wrap Son it around you and hook it on itself. You just called me fat. Yeah. Um, Wait right there. So You're not fat. You're stable. <laughs> ouch, guys. You're ouch. strong. Just, this is just a lot of ouch. So getting back on topic. <laughs> He's very strong. Um, getting back on topic, I, so I think that, that, that guy, I think it was about 15 seconds. He was at the window. I think in 15 seconds, I, I, I would like to think that I could, it seems like he recognized it early enough. I would like to think so. At the window, he still had about 15 seconds. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's going to be really hot before it flashes. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's running out of time, but I would, I would hope in 15 seconds I could at least get a hook out, get it into a sill and, and go over. Um, I know I can do that. Not under stress. Yeah. Yeah, not under stress. Well, I, I think the bailout kit, obviously, that is, like, the epitome of, like, if you could, if you have a shot, this is it. But realistically, right. we know that the bailout kit is for a situation where it's been, like, you know, and I don't remember the, there was a particular reason why you bought a bailout kit, and there was a particular story, a particular event that happened where we're gonna, they. We're where actually going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so I'll. I'm just saying that's 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 where that really comes into play yeah. because that's yeah. Um, the other part of that is like hopefully if you're on the third floor you have good crews that are laddering the building because that's also where that's going to come in when you or crews at all or crews at all right yeah. and which is the big which is really the right the, and we talk about some of these the towns of mutual aid where their mutual aid is ten minutes away like a lot can go wrong as you can see in ten mm-hmm. minutes you know like that video was I think. If you watched the whole video, this guy is responding in his car, drives up, you know, fire crews are just getting on scene. So from like him in his car down the street to that guy bailing out was about two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. So like a lot can go wrong in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we'll have an episode about this, about specifically about RIT, I'm sure yeah. at some point. Um, but my, my former captain, who's a excellent firefighter, um, someone I admire a lot, um, really ingrained in me the philosophy of like writ is a working assignment and there's a lot of people that disagree like writ should be at the front door ready to go but his philosophy is like 93 percent affect their own rescue so if you can like maximize their survivability by like going around and looking for vulnerabilities that haven't been addressed i.e softening the building by throwing Mm -hmm. ladders give them the opportunity to affect their own rescue right um i i just feel like by the if writ is getting to you at that point like you're in a really bad spot i mean Sometimes. I wouldn't say never, but like, yeah. you know, like Philadelphia just had that one. They pulled five of the six people out. So, you know what I mean? Like Rit does his job, but mm-hmm. again, you're maximizing that person's um, potential survivability. So a couple of things too, is like if I was in a bad situation, I realized things were going wrong, transmitting the mayday, sounding your pass device, and then um, 
converting your harness so that it's just a step that they don't have to because yeah. that's a pain in the ass step in the yeah, dark it is and it really helps being able to like yeah. get you out when you train uh, that though it's really it's like one of those things obviously it takes time right but when you train that you can get that done very quickly you know what i mean and it's just one of those things that i hadn't thought about it in a long time and a couple guys went and did a writ a writ class yep. and so we had a newer guy on and uh you know i was like hey when was the last time you trained writ he's like man the academy I'm right like, all right well we got these two guys working overtime here today they just went to a class let's do it and so at the same time we did we converting the harness and moving with two guys and some of the philosophies behind why we're doing what we're doing and then on top of that we started doing uh, down firefighter cpr because it's all kind of one and the same yeah i i want to do an episode maybe not even an episode just a, a video of literally just doing down firefighter cpr yeah. and like that whole pulling the gear off and all that stuff because yeah. i think that's like that's a that's a good episode yeah. um or or a good a good thing quick that hit. we could yeah quick hit and good it's something that yeah we could do so nick note that quick hit down firefighter cpr um so talking about tools um so from project made a if you re so there's a whole presentation i'm going to put the link to the presentation in the video description and it's like 300 plus slides and, and it goes through all of the stuff that they, they reviewed. So they reviewed the audio. They asked people who were involved in Maydays a bunch of questions. One of the questions they asked was, did you carry personal tools? So um, their answers were, and uh, we can throw this up on the screen so you can see it as well. 67% um, of the people. So I, I believe these were people that actually called Maydays. 67% of the people carried wire cutters um they were asked could you reach the wire cutter 71 percent of those who carried them said they could reach them um 55 carried a rescue rope 31 percent carried an extra flashlight 25 percent carried gloves and that's a weird one i don't know if it was an extra pair of gloves or they were just i would hope that more than 25 percent of people in a fire are wearing <laughs> knowing me i'm gonna reach gloves. into my pocket pull out those medical gloves i was gonna say right. I, I have like 70 on. pairs of uh ems gloves yeah tucked in yeah. there and and so this goes back to what was it episode three that you did with uh what's your loadout yeah and uh so so if you guys want to go check that one out um it shows some of the stuff that we carry and some of that is for the ability to affect per, uh, personal rescue and again like for me like highest chance of highest probability of an event so i carry wire cutters i carry um i carry a bailout kit and then i, I try to carry a tool but i, I should carry wire cutters i always see yours and i think of him like fuck i should buy a pair of wire cutters. Of like easy. i have a leatherman now do you want so here's the thing like i i kind of go back and forth because i'm like ah, i should grab a pair you know they have like the small set of small set of like what you might call like dykes like the wire snips yeah. or like the giant like loppers my mine minor the ones that, kinda, the yeah. kinds that go around like that that's what yeah. i carry and yeah. they tuck we have like a, a a flashlight strap that you can hook I your flashlight that, yeah. on, and I just th they're just in there. Yeah, and they've got they've never fallen out. They work well. Um, yeah. Maybe I'll get a. Pill. I believe I don't know if I have the handles wrapped, but um, just so they're easy. And mm -hmm. then and then practicing remembering where your stuff is, like you know, like what side that's is your bailout kit on? What I'm side are your wire cutters? My gear in yeah. that sense. And that's a good drill you can do too. Is is um, with your SCBA and with your gear is like get dressed, be in an SCBA like close your eyes and just have somebody say okay where's your regulator point to it where's your um where's your gauge point to it where's your pass device where's your mm -hmm. bailout kit you know yeah. and it's it's stuff that like when your eyes are closed you're like oh, okay no it's this side you know yeah well, um but yeah, no it's a good just point because like a quick drill i keep yeah. i keep a leatherman right but it's in that little like pouch right so like realistically 
like, okay, there's like a collapse, I'm like yeah. surrounded and I can't probably have limited mobility. Right. right. And I have to fucking pull this Leatherman out, pull it out of its pouch <laughs> with my gloves on. Flip yeah. it all around. Flip it all yeah. around. Oh, the little mini scissors <laughs> and like get through the small gauge wire. And, and so for us, like we work in a lot of conditions that have drop ceilings and what's above drop ceilings, man, wires, yeah. you know, so that's 50 that's you know what's above drop ceilings? Other old ceilings. Possible back <laughs> that injury. That they didn't want to pull <laughs> yeah. down. That's right. Um, so I, I have this conversation a lot with my, my lieutenant. And if, uh, if he watches this, he's going to know. Um, I, I'm a, an advocate of the bail kit. And as you know, like I didn't always carry a bail kit. But the more I it's good to the know more I thought about it and the more like you, the more you like drive your district or the city and you realize so like my lieutenant one of the things that he he says to me is like, "Well, hopefully there'll be a ladder there." And well, hopefully. But we have a lot and we went we went by one yesterday and I was or not yesterday, a couple of days ago when we were working, I was giving him shit and he was like there was two buildings really close. One was a four story, and he's like, "How would you get a like? You couldn't get a ladder in here. Like, it would literally have to be perfectly vertical." And I was like, "Sounds like a good place for a bailout kit, Bob." Bailout kit, yeah, schmop. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he knows. I give him shit all the time about it. But um, so, I think bail kits are important as like a, a, a tool. And I just wanted to play um, a clip of this video. So um, this is uh, Jeff Cool. If you're unfamiliar with the with Black Sunday, this is a um, event at FDNY. I'm not getting any sound. Oh, uh, this was an event in FDNY um, where a bunch of people had to um, bail out of windows. listening to this audio is yeah. tragic. So these guys are, are are literally hanging out windows and um if you if you listen to the whole audio and again we'll put the link to this video in the description too but they talk about being up here conditions aren't too bad and then they kind of rapidly deteriorate um it sounded like they lost water on the fire floor which is the floor below they took their backup line from the top floor brought it to the floor below to help fight that fire and then the the building was illegally chopped up so egress that they typically would have had or been able to make they weren't able to so they all got pushed to these windows And I grabbed onto the rope with both my hands, 
and I and I rolled out the window. I I fell literally at an inch from the top step, falling another ten feet, where the rest of the firefighters fell. Where firefighter uh, Qualley and Stalowski and Myron and below and firefighter Auto ended up falling. So I fell ten feet less somehow, and you know I mean I was in I was in a world of hurt. I mean, I broke everything in my body. Everything that you could think I broke, I broke. Four New York City firefighters did survive. Um, so, so he, imagine? yeah, so he basically hit that landing is what it sounds like in, in, in was just 10 feet less than the other guys fell. Um, and uh, two of those guys died. Um, himself and one of the other guys uh, basically permanently disabled. And if you watch the end of the video, it's really sad because he said he'd get give anything to get back on the rig one more time um you know like that's a big thing like this is a a legitimate passion for a lot of people that are in this job what happened to the guy that held the rope he was also uh was he one of the ones that was killed dude that's don't i don't want to uh i don't i don't want to get it wrong so i don't i'm not sure but i believe he was one of the ones that was legitimate like fucking hero yeah like um you go yeah i don't i if i my memory serves correct i don't think that he that guy survived but i yeah. Um, I believe Di Bernardo was the one that held the rope. I believe so. Um, ended their careers, and then the other two guys were also severely disabled. Um, but I, I believe, I'm not sure, but I believe these guys may have been able to go back on the job. Um, either way, um, yeah. devastating event. And this led to, to FDNY training on bailout and Implementing. providing bailout kits to all of their members now. Um, it's like Matt said with Woburn. Yeah. Very cool. Mm. It's a good, it's a good thing. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things that if you had the opportunity, not the opportunity, if you had the ability to bail out and you just didn't have that kit, like, and this is one of the things I, I told my lieutenant is like, I would never want somebody to have to go to my house and like tell my family I died from something that I could have prevented by spending a little bit of money and carrying in my pocket. Like it doesn't hamper me day to day or whatever. And, and again, like not all communities like need that. I think in ours, that's different, you know, um, you know, not there are communities that in their primary district in their secondary district, they're never going to be more than a second story. And you know, it is what it is, but if you have the ability to to be you know working above a fire you know adjacent to a fire and and above more than the second floor it's, Dude, it's if not you a think bad about idea. it like most bail kits like you know i have the cmc you have sterling there's all there's you know some other reputable companies roughly 600 bucks yeah nfpa standard i believe is 10 years before it needs to be replaced 60 bucks a year times how many shifts you have yeah come on so um there are Around several 60. several bailout right. kits on the market dollar a shift yeah, maybe. Um, there are several bailout kits on the market. Uh, you can piece them together. You can buy them as kits. I just put mine up there because I'm familiar with it. I know what it is. Um, we'll throw this up on the on social media too, and you guys can share maybe some of the kits you've either pieced together or bought. Um, I went to one of the lieutenants on our job, Schmall Corson, and he's uh, he's he's. A wealth uh, of argu- arguably like one, one of the most, most knowledgeable yeah, like one of rescue most intelligent guys, guys on the job and uh and even more than guys. me 
Listen, I have to say, you're a smart sm- dude. Small, but small that, Corson is one of the smartest human yeah, beings I've ever met. That's a hard and, yes. uh, and so what he told me is like he had pieced some together and he had some kits and he kind of just, he was like, you know, buying the kit is ultimately cheaper. So mm. I ended up with a Sterling kit. Um, it's the FCX Descender, um, the Lightning G2 hook, which has the built-in carabiner, which is great. Um, I personally got the FireTech rope, which is their most fire-resistant rated rope. I haven't had any issues with it not flaking out well or whatever in training. So, And it's not, I mean, you're talking probably ounces heavier than some of the lighter stuff. Um, I have an extension lanyard so that it stays hooked up and in my pocket and extends to my harness that I wear. Shout out to Sterling for these enticing names as well. And then the... uh, (laughs) FireTech. Safety Carabiner. FCX Descender. So, yeah, and then no, I have this pocket marketing. bag, which I really like because the flap of my pocket integrates into that bag. So it's just like opening your pocket yeah. and my, you use that descender. Bag? Yeah. My descender is right the bag. there. Well, I have a different brand, but yeah, the, the bag is great because it integrates into your pocket. So when you open your pocket, the bag's open. Hey. I also bought a second carabiner to be able to do the, um, Kelly technique, um, which we'll talk about or the Kelly burn technique is his name. Um, in doing training, what I really like about this kit is that the FCX descender is a pull and not a grab. So most descenders, you squeeze to start lowering yourself. And what I witnessed in training was, and, and this is another thing that Schmall said, is no matter what you have in your mind, when you come, when you're under duress and you're falling, you're going to want to grab. And if you grab the descender and you squeeze it, you're going to go down. Um, and so this one is exactly the opposite where you actually have to pull it. So if you panic and grab to it, you're not going to go anywhere. You mm-hmm. actually have to, to, to pull it mm-hmm. open to go down and, and it auto locks. So the, you know, once you're out of the building or out of the window or whatever, that you're in, you're in a good position. Um, and so that's one of the things I really like. And like I said, I put a, at the very end of my rope, I have a second carabiner and that just is actually, pulled up and clipped onto the side of the, the bag in the pocket so that I could access it quickly. And that's for helping somebody else out of the building. Um, so just some quick self-rescue technique. And listen, there are a million out there. I just put a couple for bailing out of a basement and then traditional like bailing out of a window. So it's the Columbus technique. It's also named after um, a guy who was killed in a fire, but I, I don't remember his name and I don't want to bastardize it. So on the uh, the far left there, this person has likely has their like a webbing. So I also carry a, a piece of webbing and they just do a girth hitch around a halligan, stick it through to the corner of a basement window where it can serve as an anchor. And then there are two things you could do. You could tie a loop into it and step into it. One of the things I like that's a little bit easier to do is if you just make a loop and step into it and then pull your foot up as high as you can and grab it with your hand, just your friction of your hand will, will hold it enough that you can take that step up and then mm-hmm. and pull yourself out of the window. You can also put a halogen straight to the ground. Um, one of the things is, especially if you're in a basement and you're on cement, that the odds of that slipping are kind of high. So you might have to dig it into the wall or um, actually take um, the ads in and maybe chip out some of the concrete. So it has an anchor point. And then the other one is uh, essentially doing the same thing as putting the halogen through the window, but just tying the hitch onto the top of a, of a hook and standing the hook up at the window and then using the same technique of like looping your foot in and you can use it as a step. And then the bottom photo is again, the, uh, the Columbus technique of, of bailing out of a window. Now, one of the things on the project Mayday is they had statistics 
Uh, so Project Mady went, I want to say, from 2015 to 2017. So it was three, 360 months of data That's they, right. they yeah. reviewed. Very large pool. And in the, in the like, at the end of their data, the, the three, three years they reviewed, I think it was like four people were killed and 11 people permanently disabled training on that method alone. So obviously being on belay and doing it safely is very important. So we need to train on it, but we also have to do it safely, which will never really give you the most realistic version. But but it's also a last-ditch thing anyhow. So right. it's, you know, it's 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 going to be going. dangerous. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be dangerous. It's going to be dangerous, yeah. So <clears throat> I want to do something a little bit different today. So we are going to not do a size-up, but we're going to, we're going to do like a live review of this video. Yeah, Nick likes that. So uh, this is a, a video of a, a house fire. And uh, we just want to talk about some things that are happening and like um, what maybe your thoughts are on if people are getting in a bad spot and, and different things that are going on. And, and uh, it kind of relates to bailout. So, okay. so this is a, uh, obviously this is a guy's uh, helmet cam. So, just quickly coming up, um, looks like a uh, looks like one of those houses that I don't know what the name of the construction is, but it's not a split entry necessarily. But when you go in the front door, you have like one side of the house is higher than the other side of the house. A, a little bit different than a split entry where the whole floor, you know, like the stairs, mm -hmm. there's the staircase is split. So. Right off the bat, can I? Yeah. Say uh, so this is where I think that conversation, and this is like one of those, again, like nothing has to be controversial. Everyone cares enough to even have an opinion on it, right? If you didn't care, you wouldn't have an opinion um, of like transitional attack, right? So whether like you want to go in with a charge hose line or into like an, into, into a residential structure with a charge hose line or not, right? You have the speed and maneuverability to get that line in place in a safe place and then call for water. Or do you want to charge, you know, maybe you have an extra, it depend, and it's all like personnel dependent, right? Do you have time to, like, do you have enough personnel that you can get another line and potentially, I mean, from the limited viewpoint that I just saw, you had fire off on the right-hand side that had self-ventilated. I'm assuming that's the seat of the fire. I don't know. I haven't seen that far in the video yet. Some people might make the argument like, oh, that's calls for transitional attack to darken that down and then go in yeah, so that and go up. So it looked like AD corner was, was yeah. pretty well involved. Or um, do you want the speed and maneuverability to get the inch and three quarter in place and call for water versus moving a charge line? So these are all like those potential split second yeah. decisions. Yeah. You know what I mean? That yeah. And how yeah. you train is how you fight. So yeah. If if one method is how this department trains and that's how they're gonna do it and another, you know, in uh just so you know, that this video uh, I am not pulling up to critique anything no, no, what they no. did. I just thought it was a I, I found it. Um, and I thought it was an interesting, um, yeah, and no, and I, I hope at this point, if everyone's watched the show, like we're not here to cast stones on anybody. Um, everyone comes from a different background, different circumstances. And, you know, I would hope for the same respect if, you know, we had helmet cams and you know, you, every incident you're going to get things right or wrong. Uh, but even like, just like I said, as a point of conversation, like making these split, split second decisions of like, are you guys going to the charge lines? Are you guys going to the uncharged lines? Are you guys doing transitional attack? Are you guys not doing transitional attack? So, right. So you get a better view of what I'm talking about with the, the design of the house here in a second. So you see that the left side of the house or like the Bravo side is, is the first floor and then the house just kind of goes up. And 
our, one of our neighboring towns had a fire in a house like this recently and it's good it's better when it starts on the high side because it's a lot harder for it to move to the low side than if it starts on the low side and it's just going to go see right the up. smoke feeding into the fire yeah so what's interesting is is how clear obviously this fire self-vented which is part of the reason but this is i mean this is such a clear picture of of what's going on in the house yeah. so you can hear him call to charge the line and i mean and that thing is yeah, that thing's, that humming. thing's going that thing's humming, humming yeah. and there's no smoke so it's just pure yeah it's just it's drawn in so much air self-vented just burning I mean, honestly, the way that this house is designed, that's almost like a transitional attack. <laughs> you know Seriously, what I mean? They're yeah. almost outside of the fire, hitting it, and then moving forward. Whoever's YouTube page this is, is a complete lie, because it's not just police for <laughs> I know, right? So, let's get that straight. Uh, and you can, I mean, you can see that that full of water is not doing a whole lot to this thing. It almost looks like the floor up there is like an open. Is that like an open loft? So it's floors. It's gonna go up into like a kitchen. I bet you on that back left is like kitchen, and then you know there's another stair. Yeah, my there's another staircase that wraps around either above them to the left or right, and that goes into bedrooms. Yeah, my. Yeah, exactly. It might be bedrooms. I, I can't tell. It looks like that first. Is that a floor slider? Is, Did they come through a slider? Is that a front? No, it's a front door. Yeah. I don't know what the style of this house is called. I was just in one this morning. As Where you? Did. My cousin bought a house just like this. Oh, okay. I mean, but you can see that that's the ceiling is open above them, so gonna you say, can see that that fire is is directly above them. Just before they started flowing that line initially, you could also see that the uh, you could start to see the the carpet on the stairs off gas and then yeah. and then uh, catch. I was just gonna say. Uh, the collapse potential here looks pretty good. It's starting to get pretty good, right? I, I mean, saw too. you can hear that there are guys on the roof. Guys on the roof, yeah. yeah, yeah I saw some. Now there are a lot of considerations here too. Like if this, say, is that, that if that's an attic space that's going, is this a base? Does this house have a basement? Was it originally a basement fire? Is there fire underneath them? Like, and we don't we don't know the answers to that. Just just it some just considerations. Highlight stairs in general is like such a funnel point for firefighters. Like if you needed to get out like right now, yeah, you're climbing over. You know, that's one of the things they always say: keep the stairway clear. But in this in, in, in this scenario, like that's a what little bit tough, do? right? Yeah. It's the only it's the only yeah. access. No, I mean that's reality of the situation but i mean these guys are these guys are pushing in pretty good like yeah. i mean that's uh that's got to be pretty hot where they're at and I'm, i just like you can see the flow path so well in this yeah video. no like, it's, it's unbelievable pretty, it's pretty remarkable but but honestly like if you're the if you're the um if you're the last couple guys here on the staircase and you're not really doing anything, it might be worth it just to just to back down because you're not. And, and that that speaks to like well, nothing to say for this video. I mean, like like my thoughts. So like when I catch myself, okay. Um, as a general, not even like a general observation of this video, but like you said, like if you realize you're on the stairs and you're not really like contribute actively contributing to anything, of like me finding myself sometimes like 
there's other things like I want to be involved with the sexy shit, but like right. maybe that's not where I can provide right. the most benefit overall. And, yeah. and again, not, not critiquing what they're no, doing, no, no, but, no, but just that's a consideration. Like, like you could feed line from yeah. to the bottom yeah, of that like the every, stairs yeah. or whatever. So. But at the end of the day, um, good practice is good practice, and you're not going to break crew integrity just because you're not doing much. That's 100%. the thing. That's yeah. one of the things that you um, that I learned. Oh, man, I was like. At some of the first fires I went to, is like running around trying to do everything, right? Because I had, because I had like the energy to do so. I'm in shape, whatever, and I'm just like, man, this is great. I want to do this. I want to do that. But at the end of the day, um, you have a job, and you have to do that job well, right. and then you have to just hope that everybody else is doing their job as well. Right? Not hope, but it's hope, I guess. But yeah, no, it's it's uh, you can't. You know, you can't break crew integrity just I, because I just, you want to. Just to uh, not to argue with you necessarily, but just as like a counterpoint is, if you're if you're an engine company or you're stretching a line, as long as you're on the line, in my opinion, you're not really breaking crew integrity, because what happens sometimes with depending, especially like long pulls into houses, is you have a nozzle guy. You might have a guy ten or fifteen feet back feeding around a corner. You might have a guy ten or fifteen back from that feeding around up the stairs or whatever. So yeah. As long as as long as you can stay in communication, I would. I say. I was just gonna say that if you yeah. you have to you have to be within earshot. If you're not yeah, within earshot, you're you've broken right. crew integrity. Yeah, I would yeah. agree. So like, so just just for like a, a perspective sake, but so one of the things I wanted to highlight and the reason I paused this video is take a look at. So always imagine yourself in a fire that you're in a cube, right? You're not in a four sided box. You're in a six sided box. How many sides of fire? How many sides this person has fire on with this helmet cam? I'm in a glass case of emotion. All sides except for the floor. Maybe. You can't really see the floor, but I would would argue that, and I think just before that was a little bit better picture of it, but I would argue that you had fire in front of you, above you, left and right and then it was also behind it wasn't directly behind but it was above you so so i would argue that you have you have fire on on five sides i mean look everywhere this person turns there's fire right so this is again when you so there there you can see behind him too um maybe that's in front so so just going back to those like 16 phrases that precede a mayday we have fire above us yeah we have uh we're not effective at putting it out all these different things. Ceiling is collapsing. We need another line. We need another line. Uh, different things. No, this thing. This thing is like. I mean, these guys are getting after me, and I'm not. I'm not shitting on these guys. These guys are putting in some work. You know what I mean? No, for sure. But like, so there you did a 360, and there wasn't a single side that that guy looked, except for down that staircase that I didn't see. I mean, actually, there's a fire down. I'm not even sure. Not. So. I'm not sure what we're looking at now. So that. I don't have, like, the experience level to speak to, like, exactly what should be done here. And I also don't have, like, a, a full picture of what's going on outside in the other rooms and everything else. But, um, you know, at, at what point are you effectively effectively putting the fire out to the point where you're going to save something or anything? When you look at the degree of the fire when they walked up to the right there and how it took off everywhere... I mean, maybe the bedrooms above and behind them were were actually okay. I don't know. Right. Maybe it was just the kitchen and that whole open. It's probably like an open living room kitchen area that took off. 
maybe it's just that and then like what's below it i don't know but it's like at some point um i wonder it's risk first reward yeah i mean I, when you put it out what are you saving and you know that thing's been burning like hell for a long time and then it just brings me right back to like what's the collapse potential there i don't know yeah and again like not being in the building it's hard to tell i would i would like to think if i you know operating on a staircase is a fairly safe place right and if you don't have fire below you um you know where because if you back out now the half of that house is okay still i mean at least in the, the bottom so I don't know. And maybe, again, like maybe there are people in those bedrooms above there and you don't know, or, and they could not Trying be under it. fire. So, again, it, it's just, it's a, that's all that assessment that you have to like do, yeah. do they, on scene. They knocked but down a significant amount of yeah. fire, but there's, I mean, like you said, it's this just is all. where, it, this is where I might want a two and a half. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty short yeah, stretch. But, um, yeah. so just listen to what, just, I just backed it up a little bit so you could listen to, to what they're actually saying here. Did they say where the police? <laughs> So, so, are they dragging someone? So a guy went through the floor here, and you can hear him. So I'll I'll stop it there, but I just wanted to I just wanted to make sure we heard that part. So so what was hard to see is that a guy went through the floor there. Um, good on on whoever I don't know if it was the guy with the helmet cam or somebody else that he was just picking up on audio, but called the mayday right away. And then as you said ninety three percent of the rescues are made by somebody that's already in the building. They pulled that guy, and I mean, it sounded like he was hurt. I don't know if he was burned or if something hurt him, but he was he was screaming pretty good. And yeah. also like the point you mentioned that. There's a, a sizable portion of Maydays that are missed. Like right. we're in a production studio, and I have over-the-ear headphones, and I missed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that wasn't it. Wasn't clear. Yeah. It wasn't that clear because because we were talking right. And what is happening? Yeah. The ambient sound. Yeah, you, yeah. Saws. Your 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 chief or command might not be on the radio talking, but they might be having a conversation with a crew that they're about to send inside or somebody else or whatever's going on. So there's just a lot of there's just a lot of opportunity. Um, for the mayday to be missed and i think that was a, like a good example of it so I'll, I'll stop the video there but uh, to your point john obviously they were in a dangerous spot like you were saying like mm -hmm. what's the collapse the risk potential and falling through the floor made me wonder okay is there is there a basement and is there fire in the basement yeah. because generally if you get a floor that's weakened you yeah. know it's something from underneath like yeah. it's not always you know from the, unless unless he went so deep in that room where it was right. just it, it had flashed and burned through the floor i don't i don't really know and that looked like semi like of a newer house it didn't seem like it was like balloon frame but right. you know that doesn't that, that doesn't mean anything because when we talk about um you know building construction and stuff like that there's parts of the country that yeah there's fire code but things that are getting built not inspected oh yeah like you go up north Especially, you go up north and, and fire code goes out the window, and it's like, yeah, you could do it that way. You could always do it like this. No well, one's coming to inspect. They don't it. have the staff. Like they don't yeah. have the staff. To and then there's chases and things like that that so they don't yeah, fill in. Could or certainly certainly get run up from the basement below. You just don't know. Uh, so just an example, like so, one of my first fires, and this was at my old apartment, was a hoarder house. Um, and I think I had mentioned it when we talked about our first fires. Is like kept trying to make the push, losing water. There was a hole in that floor, and yeah. and it was not from below. It was from 
it had burned from above. It was like I think they I think it was gas fed like right where the stove oh. like connection had, had uh, broken, and that burned a hole through the floor from the top. So that you know it's not it's not. I would say the majority of the time you're probably going to see the fire in the bottom when you have a, a floor collapse under you. But if he pushed, I couldn't really tell. But if he pushed into that where that room had clearly flashed before they got there had yep. been burning like hell for the whole time we were watching the video, then then all that stuff's going to be weak. So uh, to your point is 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 keeping your assessment going. You can't continuously have to be assessing your environment, yeah. your conditions, what's going on. Right. And again, this isn't a critique on this no. department, this crew. Uh, these guys were obviously yeah. aggressive dudes getting in yeah. there and getting after, and I fucking love seeing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought it was a good example of like how quickly. Have you guys you ever heard of the situation? concept of the OODA loop? Uh, no. Really? <laughs> have you? Have you? OODA have loop. OODA loop? OODA loop. So uh, I believe it was... Um, uh, Jaeger, the uh, it's he was made by a fighter pilot. He's one of the most successful fighter pilots in Vietnam. I'm not sure if it was Jaeger, Chuck Jaeger. Chuck I'm not sure. Um, the guy that broke the sound barrier. I'm not sure if it was him, but it was a like one of the most successful like dogfighting pilots from Vietnam that was like downing North Vietnamese planes when like no one else was. So he calls it the OODA loop, which is observe, orient, decide, and act. So you're constantly observing the situation going on around you, you're orienting yourself, orienting yourself within that situation. You're making a decision based on the potential courses of action that you have in front of you based on that observation and orientation and then making the decision to act. And then looping back. And then looping. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a consistent yeah. loop. So yeah. he like came that. up with the OODA loop, right. um, which is used by a lot of high-performance organizations. Sound, I, honestly, I didn't know where that was going. I'd never heard of no, it. No, it's, a, it's a real good. thing, and a lot yeah. of high-performing organizations yeah. do it. It's yeah. called the OODA loop. Observe, yeah, that's pretty good. Side act. I like that. I, I like will that. say that um, that comes down to, so you have these guys interior, right? And I, I wasn't really, I didn't really hear anything, but I wasn't listening specifically for it. You have command staff outside, and then you have guys interior, and it's about that constant communication and updates right yeah. and when we, when you go through like communication trainings and things like that it's constantly trying to update without you know or, or not constantly updating when necessary or yeah. when you should right and it's kind of like a minute is not a lot of time or two minutes is not a lot of time when you're in there it goes by obviously yeah. very quickly and you might not have time to communicate yeah but that's all built into like training and, and it's also it's also good for so for like the, an ic or anybody standing outside like mm. you show up and you have fire venting and your crew's been in there for five minutes and you still have fire venting and you're yeah. not seeing like yeah great like white cool smoke coming sure. like maybe the maybe as a command you say hey are you guys making any progress right. you know because i i mean it they were putting a lot of water on that fire and it wasn't doing yeah. a whole lot for a little bit if you watch the video Basically, after this point, they actually start making really good headway on it, and right. it, dar- it darkens down and everything. Right, um, right. But, but to to your point, like you need to. Commu- I mean, there's a balance between unnecessary radio traffic and communicating, like you said, important things. Excuse me. And then, but as like command, well, also, if you're not getting that communication, and you're seeing like, hey, conditions don't appear to be changing, yeah. or conditions appear to be getting worse. Uh, need updates. There's actually a good video from Chicago. Um, one of the guys saw, and, and they did like that that life safety video. Everyone was that. Everyone goes home. Was that Chicago? I think they participated in. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if it was part of that, but in, there was an interview from from a guy who talks about being in a building, and he's um, 
I want to say he's rescue. He's above the hose line, whatever. And he's doing his thing. And command is like, Hey, get out of the building. And he's like, dude, the conditions are fine. Like everything is fine, whatever, blah, blah. blah. And he's like going about it. And they're like, Hey, get out of the building. And so he like listens and comes out and he gets out. He's like, Holy shit. Like I did not see what was happening. And like, it could have been really bad. And like, that's, that's what it is. It's a team effort, man. You're not going to see everything from the inside. They're not going to see everything from the outside. So you got to communicate what's going on and they have to know when to ask you to communicate what's going on or to say, Hey, like you've been in there 10 minutes. This is a new construction trust frame, like trust construction. You've been in there 10 minutes. I don't see any headway being made. Like let's pull out and reassess. And, um, uh, I, I've been uh, fortunate to be on a few, few fires with Freddie Eichels and like, he's like, I've watched him doing it and, and, it's it's a good thing to watch is like we we had a house that we 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 weren't winning and so he we went defensive and then he stops everything like literally stop all the lines whatever and he's like we just need to see what's doing and like let us see where it's going see where the smoke comes out see where fire starts coming back and say okay like this now we need to change this plan and then eventually put guys back in the structure when we Mm -hmm. thought we were making the headway correctly to finish putting it out blah blah blah. but just that ooh loop that constant like reassessment and that constant communication is I remember that. what is it? It's observe, orient, decide, decide, act. act. Decide act. Yeah, like Fred's that. a big OODA loop guy. I don't know if he does he does he use the term. OODA yeah, loop? no, I've talked to him about it. Really, that's awesome. Well, I like it. Yeah. Uh, sounds goofy, but it's good. Yeah, but that's an easy one to remember. It is. It is an easy one to remember because it's so. It just sounds like and silly. Sounds you, goofy. Yeah. Yeah. You make a good point. The la- the la- like talking about building construction real quick. We'll probably have another episode completely dedicated to build construction. Like understanding that like these buildings are not they're designed to be energy efficient. They're not designed for firefighter safety. Like it's all right. trusses, gusset plates that are strong, but they're not necessarily like strong. Well, under the design, fire load. yeah, the design of buildings, obviously, fire code is comes heavy into play with how they even let things get permitted to be built. But it's all under time constraint, right? Like it's like. Um, you know, the, the, this material is expected to hold out for X, X amount of right. time, right? So right. It, it it is, but no, they're not designed for us to come in and put them out or to put safely or to put yeah. ten, yeah, you know, guys that are three hundred pounds in gear, right, on a on, on a, a floor. Fly, fire and pinch floor. So right, um, all right. So that pretty much does it. Uh, Very cool. Well. Shout out to those guys too. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm Maybe not sure what department it was. I didn't, yeah, no. didn't really get to see it. Didn't Some say great on the footage that only police videos. Yeah, no, but awesome footage that the just, entire, just proves that all entire cops community. actually want to be firefighters. Yeah, just police videos. Um, um, that everyone can benefit from. Like we can we can review that. And we can have conversations about it. Um, and learn from it. Which is exactly. All right, you guys ready? Yeah. Question of the day. I see you guys reading it. Jeez, you're not even going to let me ask I'll, it. I'll listen. Sons also. of bitches. I thought I just missed something from the last slide. No. <laughs> All right, so question of the day today, an interesting one. You can travel in time. You can go to any point in the past or the future. I'm going to change the second part of this, so don't read it. Um, <laughs> you cannot change an event. So you can't go back in time and kill Hitler. You can't go back in time and save like a family member. You can't go forward in time and like prevent an assassinate or whatever the case, however it works. Like you can't change an event. Is there a specific place or time period you go to? Three-parter. One is if you can't interact at all in the scenario. So like 
you're there, but you can just watch, like Ghost of Christmas Past type thing. Like you can just see what's going on and like kind of observe it. Where would you go? Would that change if you could interact with the people? Like they wouldn't know that you were a time traveler, but you could like have a conversation with George Washington or something. And third, if you had to stay there for like a month, would it change it? It's a three-parter. Complex. I know. It's a complex one. I can think of like what I would like if I could interact with the person. If I could go back in time. But I, I don't know what I would do if I was there for 30 days. Yeah. This is an easy one for me. Go. Let's yeah, do it. Let's hear it. So for me, it's like the less people, the better. And the simpler, the better. So for me... And and I really have like this like interest in like Native American culture and stuff like that and small tribes. Now I know like life, even though it was simpler, it wasn't necessarily you know neighboring tribes and constantly having to you know be self reliant and things like that. You know, so it's not it's not like everything was just blissful, but a simpler time with simpler people living off the land. With no no government structure in a sense, no large overreaching government structure. Yeah. So, like for me, any period in time where that is your where that is your life. So, like I think to like Native American culture. Like imagine, imagine like roaming across this country. That would be fucking awesome. You know what I mean? With um, you know, just with the seasons. Like Lewis and, Lewis and Clark time? Yeah, yeah, sure. Even before that. So if you had to stay like, there no, for like, 30 days. Like just being a nomad. You know what I mean? And oh, like before civilization. Following the food. Nice. Yeah. So so I have a great deal of respect for that's, 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 that's So if you had to stay there for 30 days with all the risks and peril that came with it. I would stay there for every day. <laughs> I would I would live. Even with the woolly mammoths? Even with the woolly mammoths. Until you're wiping your ass with a pine cone. And you're like, this is well, dumb. We'd bring Charmin. You, did, you can't so bring can, now. You can't yeah, bring anything you, back, dude. Do you or forward? You didn't say. Oh, maybe people didn't even wipe their ass back <laughs> then. They probably didn't. I'm not saying I'm bringing it back with me. <laughs> no, no, no he, he means bringing it back. Can you imagine, like, you yeah. bring like a, a a fucking 240 to like some sword battle from like yeah. ancient Thermopylae. Yeah, I can't do that. Yeah, that's changing the course of history. Yeah, Thermopylae. Just like, I'm just gonna get. Two 240 gun teams, and we'll solve this problem real quick. <laughs> yeah. I'll own, I will own everything. Yeah, it's called talking gun. What about you, Barry? Um, I've thought about this before. I mean, I'm not looking to, I mean, I'm not looking to change history, you know, whatever, or revisionist history. Um, I would love to. So when I was growing up, uh, my grandpa died when I was a little bit, uh, I, love both of my grandfathers that both played a big role in my life, but one of them passed away a little bit earlier in my life. Um, and I, he, he used to like sit in the driveway with, um, his neighbor, Mr. Duggan. I still remember his name and they would just like sit. I don't know what they were talking about. They would, like sit and talk about the world, like smoke cigars. And I had this little, it wasn't like a radio flyer, but like a little thing I would like bop around in, in the driveway and like, wasn't allowed to go past the crack in the driveway. And, uh, I would very much like to just pull up another plastic chair now that I'm like a grown man. Sit there and listen. Sit there and listen and then just like talk to my grandpa. Yeah. They're both World War II vets. Mm -hmm. And just like sit, you know, pull up a chair and just like probably not say shit, just like listen. And Does it change if like he can't know you're a time traveler so he doesn't know that you're Barry? Well, yeah. I mean, if he didn't know, well, what was my name? Gary? 
<laughs> no, you just like, like you, you, you your hairline like, hasn't changed much. You basically Larry. have to just be a. <laughs> you basically just have to be like a uh, dude flammable. on the street. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would still do that. Um. Yeah, and then my my probably, I have a lot of respect for both my grandfathers. I miss them. Probably uh, and my grandmother. I'm definitely grandma's boy for those that don't know. Um, Same. Great movie. Yeah, maybe. Uh, it's a great movie. Or maybe my great grandparents. Um, not a lot of people know this. My grandma's a Holocaust survivor, so like, um, my grandma's formative days, and yeah. like the decisions my great grandparents made, because my great grandfather had some fucking balls, man. Um, and my great grandmother, so, um, like smuggling themselves like across yeah. Nazi yeah. occupied Europe, yeah, sending their kids away. That's legit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably stuff like that. Be a fly on the wall. That's awesome. I so I don't think I would go visit anyone that I shared life with because I that could ruin your perspective. <laughs> of them. Well, those memories are like my memories. You know what I mean? I think yeah, that like it's part of the like what makes it special. Yeah. For me, it sounds really stupid, but like, bro, I would love to actually see fucking dinosaurs in real life. Like. <laughs> Could you, if you could go yeah. back in time and like see fucking a T Rex like tearing into a stegosaurus, you or know, some a lot shit, of people don't know Jurassic Park's a documentary. Um, that'd be wild. But I, I would also like to go. There's some theories out there that dinosaurs never even actually existed. I want to believe. Yeah, you could talk to my nephew Jackson. Just that saying. man is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ask any any five year old if dinosaurs are real. Dude, Jackson is next level dino guy though. Yeah. I called him while I was on vacation, and we're at Di- we're at Disney World, and there's like a giant. Dinosaur Park theme thing, and I was like, I was like FaceTiming. I was like, Jackson, what dinosaur is this? And he just looks at me. He's like, How big's the tail? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, like 35, 40 feet. He's like, Bronchiosaurus, second age. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus, that's legit. <laughs> I was like, All right. He's like, I'll talk to you later. Don't ask me any more stupid questions. He didn't say that part, but do you other brain? Sounds like everybody busters. talking yeah. to Barry. Uh, I also would like to like. I'd like to go back, like, I'm very interested in, like, Viking history and stuff like that. Um, I'd like to go back to, like, some of those civilizations that are really poorly documented. Like, I'd love to see, like, like what a Viking, like, like cru- I don't want to call it a cruise, but, like, sailing, you know, across the ocean. Like, what a raid oh, actually no, was. What their, like, day-to-day life actually was. Like, were they as violent as we say? Because a lot of people say that they aren't. Um, that They're really, like, sensationalized for TV and things like that. So it'd be interesting to see but i i would also like to go and i've said i've had this conversation with other people i would like to go find and and sit and have a conversation with like some of the worst people in history like i would love to go have a conversation with hitler like i would love to like just talk to him about like like what his mindset is like actually like sit down and talk to like like stalin yeah like some really like really shitty people and just like not to understand or justify anything they did. It's just like, it's just curiosity of like understanding like what evil. is it. Yeah. Like what is so off? You know what I mean? Like, I think that'd be really interesting. So if I, interesting. if I had the ability to like stay for like 30 days, I would not go to the dinosaur period. Cause I do not want to be eaten by a dinosaur. That sounds terrible. Velociraptors from Jurassic park documentary seem really fucking aggressive. Yeah, they are trainable though, as we have demonstrated. That's true. <laughs> but I would, uh, I'd like to go find some like, I don't know, really terrible person. No, I mean, I think there's a, like, there's the allure to interview, like, the world's, like, most evil people. 
to like understand like what in human nature like are they truly an outlier or is that evil like yeah, within all because i i know? can understand good i just have a hard time understanding like how you couldn't how you could like do the things you do and not be like to, to be able to sleep at night you know what i mean like i can't i don't understand that so very interesting question yeah what about you nick uh i have two um that is horrible no so the further back one i would do like an ancient rome ancient greece kind of deal um qu- uh, so i have caveats though. i have questions sure so like are you you're still you though nobody knows that you're you like you can't go tell them like i'm from the future but like you still have the knowledge that you have yeah 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 you're right? still you're still going in. oh my god are you kidding me i would go toga. back yeah ancient I greece go i was back. gonna say i could see dude, dick with a toga on like Bro, gather around my children. If I have the knowledge that I have right now, I would go back to like um, maybe yeah, like ancient Rome, ancient Greece, and just start a religion. I'd be like, you can't, a, you can't change history. You can't change oh, history. You could All go right. back to see Caesar and be like, hey, dude, so that love your salads. Yeah. <laughs> great work. Watch out Croutons. for that. Watch out for that Brutus thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no. Okay, okay. So I. All right. So then, still though, ancient Rome, ancient Greece. I feel like the the politics of of ancient Rome would be super interesting uh the technology stuff like that and then in a more modern sense i would uh and i would stay for 30 days in both of these scenarios uh the other one would be especially at like 28 if i'm still me yeah i would uh like 1940 maybe 1950 like 1948 1950 post-world right right after world war ii um just that reconstruction period was really cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And that's I would both like pretty cool. both of those scenarios, I would be like, can I just stay? See, I feel like people say that and then you'd be like, God, life is really shitty compared Maybe to Maybe not the ancient times. Rome one, you know, sans yeah. toilet paper and whatever else. Right. But like the nineteen forty fifth like that I like Mad Men era? All day long. Yeah. yeah. All I think day is- long. And I'd be like four packs a day. It'd be ripping, and you know what? They'd be good for you because they said they were good for you back then. Well, more doctors smoke Camel. Then, (laughs) (laughs) what I think is interesting is there was the option to go forward in time, and nobody chose it. Yeah, yeah, I think I don't want to go. Imagine you go back in time to like the pyramids of Egypt, and like there's, it's like. There are aliens. Sigley construction is there with bobcat. You're like, what the fuck? Or, or is actually aliens? <laughs> yeah, no, this guy. They got bobcats, yeah. front end loaders. I want to okay. go to the construction of Stonehenge. Yeah, I want to watch it. But what if you go there and it's like they got bobcats and front end loaders? They're like beep beep, and you're like, what the fuck? C- civilization was just wiped out and yeah. then like restarted. Yeah, you never know. Crazy. Yeah. All right, that was it. That was my uh, question of the day. I thought it'd be a little interesting, a little different than uh, normal. So thanks for tuning in to another episode. We appreciate you guys coming back week after week. Big thanks to Wilco Media and Nick. Uh, And again, whether you're listening on a streaming platform or you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. It helps us out a lot. Check out our merch. Uh, And again, that's that's to help us fund this this, uh, process that we currently pay out of pocket for. Continue to interact with us. Give us ideas for future topics. I know we've reached out to um, the group to ask them for some ideas, and there have been some, and we will do them. Uh, you know, it takes a little bit to like build an episode, so we will do them. Um, and as always, thank you very much for your Thanks, support. Guys. We would not be able to continue doing this four months later if it weren't for you guys. So thank you very much. Thank you. Have Appreciate you. John. Job talks out. <laughs>